Why Article 15 Fails to Move Past Its Upper Caste Gaze by Divya Kanduguri The movie Article 15 opens with contrasting ambience and color a gloomy rainy village and a bright sunny highway a famous protest song kahapto on one side and bob dylan's blowin in the wind on the other basically a terribly failed attempt at drawing contrast between upper caste versus lower caste as urban versus rural caste does not exist in cities and urban setups let's go to a remote village to experiment with heroism and capitalize on it Ayan Ranjan played by Ayushman Khurana finally enters the wild wild west where he and the upper caste audience witness caste crimes and violence for the first time what the f is going on here screams the ips officer who is proud of being a stephenian and a broad return but has no idea about what is happening in his own country one are you telling me that ayan cleared the upsc examination with no clue about what his caste is or what the caste system is Number 2 the ips officer also asks pasi matlab number 3 i will unmess this mess he says whilst admitting that we need to find new ways and solutions to unmess things but does not give any by the end of the film the film as it claims should be talking about annihilating the caste system and denouncing the root cause of it the hindu religion but it does not the gaze There is an uncomfortable upper caste gaze throughout article 15. Even directors like Nagraj Manjule have portrayed caste crimes, but one does not see a foreign gaze in his films. It looks real. It does not distance the audience from the screen as if we were watching it as a bystander. Article 15 goes wrong here. When Ayan gets off his car in the village, you see some old men sitting and eating bread. He messages his partner saying, "They're looking at me as if I am British." Bollywood regularly indulges in brown and black facing characters from marginalized locations for example in films like Super 30 Gali Boy and Urta Punjab Article 152 makes characters look dirty to show them poor and dark skinned these films feed on the stereotype that lower castes are unclean unhygienic dark skinned by default can only be in tattered clothes etc these films feed on the stereotype that lower castes are unclean hygienic Whenever untouchability is portrayed, the Brahmin protagonist is shown as someone who is willing to share glasses, plates, and food with the lower castes. But the people from lower castes themselves refuse, saying, "No, no, sir, we will bring you a new plate." The director has put the onus of the practice on the lower castes, but not the upper castes, who force and lynch the lower castes if they fail to follow the rules of Manu slash Brahmins. Intentions. Anubhav Sinha the director of article 15 released an open letter addressed to Brahmin outfits and Karnesena that were protesting against the film after the release of the trailer translating a few lines in the letter i quote trust me this movie has not disrespected any brahmin community in fact you will be happy to know that there were a lot of brahmins involved in the making of this film both friends and artists this is no reason to disrespect brahmin community even my wife is a brahmin in that way even my son has brahmin identity so what is article 15 about if it is not about challenging the brahmin hegemony and the brahminical practices the film talks about eradicating caste based discrimination but not about the caste system as a whole article 15 feels like an apologia for upper caste arrogance and ignorance 
Ayan represents the majority of upper castes who have degrees from premier institutes and possess all the resources and networks to learn about society, but they do not. And when questioned about the same, a classic reply is thrown at you. I am learning. I am growing. As quoted in an interview with Mint, Sinha admits his is a semi-informed perspective of caste acquired by reading and talking to experts. Is this movie political? Yes, but it is just another attempt at capitalizing the issue with ill-informed content about anti-caste politics. There is a line from an anti-caste activist character named Nishad, played by Zishan Ayub, who looks like an impersonation of Beam Army Chief Chandrasekhar Azad, that goes, I quote, "Kabhi ham Harijan ho jaate hain, aur kabhi Bahujan, bas Jan nahi ban paate." Harijan is not an accepted word. Harijan is an identity given by Mohandas Gandhi, whereas Bahujan is a political term embraced by the community, a dignified word. Body language. All the lower castes in the movie, including the token police officer Jatav, played by Kumud Mishra, are always underconfident and scared. Gaura, played by Shani Gupta, is introduced as an activist mobilizing the crowd, singing a beautiful protest song as a leader slash fighter for justice. But it lasts for only two minutes. Whenever she is in the frame with Ayan, also only when she gets most of the screen time, she looks as if she is in fear. Her eyes are always looking down, hands held tight, leaning in, head shaking. You might say that is because she is in distress. However, in director Paranjit's Kala, we have Puyal Sharumati Gayakwad, a Marathi girl played by Anjali Patil, who is also an activist like Gaura. She is confident, does not look dirty, though living in a basti, is fierce and powerful. This tells volumes about how the social location of directors makes a difference. Mr. Jatav Mr. Jatav is a police officer belonging to Shamar community and is played by Kumud Mishra. In a conversation with his Kayast colleague, Jatav says that SC, ST people don't have to improve their lives. They live in dirt. How will women be safe in such a locality? This is sly usage of a SC character speaking the Brahminical language of merit and blaming the victims for not coming out of poverty, but not the system that keeps them poor and oppressed. There are exactly two jokes in the film where the audience laughs. Those jokes are at the expense of Mr. Jatav, who does not know English well. The swear word, the F word to be precise. Also, it felt very uncomfortable to see the post-credits starting with Victim Girl 1, Victim Girl 2, Victim Girl 3, whereas these victims have names in the movie. Mission accomplished. The film ends with a frame where all police officers, regardless of their caste, sit together and start eating food made by an old woman at a tailor. Basically, the idea of interdining. When Ayan asks a woman about her caste, the audience misses it as a honking truck passes by and everyone smiles and still continues eating. Yay! Our saviour has annihilated caste in Lalgaon. Kudos! In a parallel universe, Ayushman gives a solution to annihilate caste. That is, do not talk about caste to your next generation. What is the need? Yes, sir, we could stop talking about caste when your caste networks, generational wealth, social capital, power and hegemony cease to exist and all of you denounce Hinduism. A mere attempt to capitalize on struggles when you yourself are so prejudiced is the irony. 
but also the reality of any media industry from print to cinema. Why is this movie being hailed as one of a kind, daring, bold, path-breaking? When there have been powerful movies made before this, like Kala, Masan, Kabali, Pistulia, Serat, Fandry, made by directors from the community. Do you as a Brahmin upper caste have the guts to look at Kala, staring into your eyes and saying, Kya re, setting a? Or seeing Jabya from Fandry throwing a stone at your face? Or Puyal from Kala saying, Hey, shh, shh, I won't get intimidated by your bullying. Do you? I am someone raising his head for a fistful of self-respect in this nation of casteist bigots blinded by wealth. I am someone who lives to register life itself as a protest. I am someone who dies repeatedly to live. Don't call me a victim. I am an immortal. I am an immortal. I am an immortal. Kufir Nalgundwar's translation of Kalikuri Prasad's Telugu poem Pidikedu Atma Gauravam Kosham A Fistful of Self-Respect The original post appeared in the Shared Mirror on Feb 23, 2011. The original post appeared in the Shared Mirror on 23rd February 2011.